Montreal Canadiens hockey, Montreal Impact Soccer, Major League Baseball, NFL football, the Masters, Olympics, and so much more. Your home for Major League Sports is TSM 690. Well, you're going to have to, if you're in Montreal on these corner kicks, you're going to have to keep the ball away from the keeper and out of their big, big markers like a, like a Pines, who's already shown how great he is in the prowess inside the box. Throwing into the box for Kyoto across the six-yard box. Boyan's buried it. The impact have leveled the score. Boyan finds the back of the net. Uh, I love playing my own highlight calls, especially when they're Boyan. Is Boyan going to be back? Is he not? Uh, the impact declining the option on their midfielder yesterday, but uh, Olivier Renard tells uh, uh, the uh, on a Zoom call yesterday mentioned that uh, they are in negotiations and they've actually made an offer uh, to Boyan. And to give us every single detail of that offer to Boyan on Saturday Sports on TSN 690, we have the Impact's Assistant Sporting Director, Vasily Kremenzidis. Vasily, what's going on? Hey, good morning, Joey. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. So, uh, you, I know that you have the contract in front of you that you guys have presented to Boyan's client, and you wanted to read it word for word on the show. Of course, I wouldn't do any different. <laughs> okay, but what are the odds? Like, Renard said that you guys made the offer. What are the odds in your mind that he's going to be back? Yeah, well, look, Boyan's camp uh, himself and his agent, they have the offer in their hands. Um, you know, we think it's a pretty fair offer for... Uh, for Boyan and for him to return. Now they'll, they'll evaluate it. They'll take uh, the time that they need for that, and, and we'll figure it out between there and now and then. Um, I don't want to give any percentages or not. I think we think it's a fair offer uh, for Boyan, and uh, we'll see what happens. So is it the same salary as last year, a bit less? I don't want to get into too many details, but it is in the time range. So um, obviously, as, as you guys know, his option was at a DP level, right. and... Um, you know, we've offered in the time range to return to Montreal Impact for 2021. Okay. Um, so it's, you know, it's one of those cases where you decline because the option is steep, and but you do, you guys clearly have an interest in bringing him back. But if hey, he, You guys have seen it in the past with certain players where yeah. you decline the options, but it doesn't mean that it's finished. Right. So we'll see, uh, we'll see in the next few days. Um, we'll be discussing with them and see what happens. Okay, so, but with Jackson, uh, the way... Olivier made it sound yesterday, it is finished with Jackson. You guys are not going to be making an offer. I mean, I, I wouldn't say every single player is finished, but uh, at the moment, no, there is no plan to make an offer towards Jackson. What what happened with Jackson? You know what I mean? Like, it was, it was, it's been, it's been quite a career. Um, you know, I know Mauro Biello and his staff, they got a lot out of Jackson coming off the bench a few years ago, but he hasn't really, you know, he never was never able to build on that. And this year, he's got a start in March in Dallas and then didn't start until the end of the season. Like, what is it What is it about this guy that it's just, it's, it's, it didn't work out or it hasn't worked out since that big year he had? Look, I think there's been a few things. I mean, obviously, he's got a few injuries that he's had to deal with this season. Um, you know, coming back from injury and then, re, you know, getting back into the lineup and all of that is not the easiest thing. Um, you know, at the same time, him and I, the whole team had to do this year. Uh, getting going to the states for a long period of time and all of that, um, it, it takes a toll on you mentally and physically and all that. So I'm not, I can't really pinpoint what has gone on, but uh, like we said, at the moment there's no offer to be made to Jackson. Saturday Sports on TSN 690. Joey Alfieri, John still in conversation with the Impact's Assistant Sporting Director Vasily Kremenzidis, um, talking Impact and uh, options and 
contracts that were picked up and not picked up. Uh, John still has a question for you, Vasily. Yeah, Vasily, um, I know how difficult it must be for all of you in terms of really evaluating what was such a strange season, but with all the expectations that were around Boyan because of his profile, obviously, in Europe and then coming over here, what did you make of his season in MLS as a whole where he definitely turned it on towards the end, but there were some there were some struggles throughout the, the start of the campaign? Yeah, I mean, obviously that plays into your decision, right? So, you know, you know what Boyan can bring. You know when Boyan is at his best, what he can do for your team. Um, but at the same time, when, you know, pay players a significant amount of money, you expect a certain level of consistency um, and a certain level of, you know, difference-making on the field. So that's what we're looking at, and that's what we put our offer in towards him, uh, for Boyan, of course. And, uh, no, like in general, I mean, yes, of course it's been, a tough season to evaluate certain aspects, but everybody's still playing soccer. It's still the same game, even though it's in a different, uh, you know, we're established in the States. Um, so we've done our best to try and evaluate certain things and put certain contracts uh, forward to what we think is fair, um, decline certain options, exercise others, um, and we feel pretty comfortable with our decisions. So I, you guys are in such an interesting position that you know the 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 regular season or the MLS season is over for you guys, but you have this game on the fifteenth or sixteenth, and you've declined some options. So you know the guys who are not going to be back, who are confirmed not back next year, the guys who have had their option declined. Uh, so the league has told you guys, if I understand correctly, that it's not mandatory for those guys to play. That those guys can opt out of the Champions League game. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's correct. At the moment, I mean, we're still working on a few things with the league. Uh, we've been actually working on it for quite a while, but it goes even deeper than that. It's between the league and the players' association, so there's a lot of negotiations that have been going on there. You know, ideally, we would like everybody that was part of the team for 2020 to join us for Champions League for 2020 for the rest of the sorry, not 2021, but in December, right? Uh, to join us for Champions League, I think it's uh, an opportunity for them as well. So we'll see, you know, which players join us, which players don't join us, but we're ready for uh, for all of them. And, if they want to join us. And Olivier Renard mentioned yesterday that you guys already have contracts signed, sealed, delivered with new players uh, that are joining the club. How many contracts do you guys have done with new players? Well, I won't specify on the number, but there are contracts that are done with new players, um, you know, even internally with certain guys on our team that we're working with, um, getting close to certain things, so... Yeah, I mean, look, the plans for 2021, as they are every year for the next season, um, they don't start the day the season finishes. So they didn't start November 21st. Um, we've been doing this for a while, speaking to lots of different guys, different targets, um, and hopefully in due time we'll be able to announce uh, a couple of these guys. Is one of them a number 10? Uh, sorry, a number 9. I mean, which which one are you looking for? Nine or ten? Not, not. I mean, nine no. and ten. I mean, I'm, if you're giving nine, I'm ten, five. I'm not going to specify any, any of the positions. I mean, you know, you, looking at our team, you can see which what our needs are. Um, of course, we've offered Boy on a contract, and uh, some of that is going to depend on you know if he accepts it or not, uh, as what we would be targeting in those positions. So, um, yeah, look, there's certain certain positions in the field that we're looking to improve, and um, we're doing our best to try and get the right players. Uh, to improve those positions. How many designated players will you guys have next year? Um, look, designated player is just a tag that the league gives you. I mean, you can put a designated player that makes you know 1.2, 1.3 million. He could be designated as a DP. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, on our side, it's going to be what the cap allows us to do. So we'll use the maximum flexibility with the cap on designating certain players as VPs, um, perhaps young VPs. Um, you'll have new, there's a new mechanism that's coming into the league next year that perhaps we can discuss on another time. It's a little bit longer, but there's certain things that the league is implementing where you can uh, strategically maneuver with the salary cap and try and fit players in. So the DP, yes, it's a tag that, yes, there are players that make a lot more money than normal. But if a player is, you know, just at the borderline, you can also designate him as a VP just for um, salary cap purposes. Well, why is everything? Why are all these salary rules so long? Like, why is it that you come on the show for fifteen minutes and and that's not enough time to get in these ridiculous MLS rules? Um, I mean, I don't have an answer for you. They're not. Uh, I, everybody, everything from what I've understood has been thought through, and they've explained it to us. And um, obviously, we have lots of documents to read and. Uh, putting him into practice is even a little bit uh, more difficult than that. You know, once you read the document, you don't necessarily know how you know to do X, Y, and Z. But yeah. in general, I mean, they're they're quite complicated. I think I've said it before. I like it because I can understand it and uh, you know explain it out to people. I think with internally, we've gotten the hang of it. Um, Olivier has been here for a year plus. He's gotten the hang of it. So. Um, yeah, look, it's complicated. There are certain mechanisms that they put into the league that other leagues don't have. I don't know 100% why. Um, but yeah, I mean, as long as the people that are working in, in the club understand it and we can explain it to the to everybody else and the fans so that they can end up understanding as well so that the thought process is clear. Um, you know, even if it takes a little bit of time, like you said, it might not be able to do it in 15 minutes. You might need a little bit longer or a lot longer. Uh, but if everybody can understand it, then I think we... We would all benefit from it. I think Vasily just offered to stay on the show till 1230 and yeah, stay on seriously. the phone. Joe, I don't, I don't have much plan this afternoon. Whatever you need. I do, so we'll, <laughs> we're going to keep it brief. Uh, John, you got a question? Yeah, uh, Vasily, it's uh, interesting because this is the, really the, the first real transfer period. I mean, you, you have some throughout the season, but there's really the first off season where Thierry Henry is in as the manager. Um, how much of an input does uh, Thierry have in terms of the players that are brought in, either ones that have already been uh, agreed to contracts or players that he's still searching for? And has he has he pointed out exactly what he thinks that he needs for his squad uh, going into next season? Yeah, of course, the manager plays an important role. Um, we're const- in constant communication with him, uh, especially Olivier and, and Thierry are speaking all the time. Um you know, whether that's players that were under contract who had their options exercised or declined, um, you speak with the coach to see, you know, we have our thoughts and, of course, he has his. We share them and we try and come up with the best possible scenarios. You know, we explain the cap side. We listen to him on the on the soccer side and technical side. So, um, no, the discussions for those kind of players, for sure. I and mean, everybody that's brought in, we, you know, it's presented to the coach. Of course, the final decision comes from our sporting director, but, you know, the coach has his input. Um, his preferences. Um, there's constant communication between us. Otherwise, you know, it wouldn't really work. I mean, you want to understand what he needs. Uh, we want to explain to him a little bit our situation. So we work together to try and find the best solution. And uh, yeah, of course, he's very important in making decisions uh, going forward. He's Vasily Krimanzidis, the Impact Assistant Sporting Director, joining us on Saturday Sports on TSN 690 with Joey Alfieri and John still with you till noon. Uh, so I noticed you guys picked up or you extended the loans uh, for Binks and Lapalainen. Uh, the same was not done for Orgio Okwankwo. Uh, it was a disappointing year for Okwankwo on, on many fronts after the year he had last year. Does he want to be back in MLS and how open are you guys to keeping him? Uh, 
Yeah, look, obviously the loan for Binks and La Palena and we're pretty happy about. Um, we did them a little bit earlier. Certain things with Bologna, you know, you want to get done quicker, uh, rather, sooner rather than later. But, you know, with Orgy, if you look at the situation even last year, I mean, he was extended uh, sometime in the beginning of preseason rather than immediately. So, um, look, I mean, we've spoken with Orgy. We're trying to understand what he and his agent want to do. Um, his position in Bologna, other clubs that are interested um, outside of MLS. So we we keep constant communication with Orji. Um, it's a little bit of a different season for him than it was last year, of course, when he was our MVP. But um, yeah, I mean, we wouldn't at the moment. He falls in the same category as the other players, except he belongs to Bologna. So we have open communication with them in terms of um, whether he would be back or not. Vasily, you pointed out um, that there are already some contracts that have been agreed, and you said that we all know the needs on the club. Specifically looking at the defender position, it's not typically something that, uh, specifically center back, excuse me, um, it's not typically something that is spent as a DP position, and now with Yuka Raitala not expected to return, and Rod Fanny being 40 years old, or just around 40 years old, what are the challenges of bringing in a defender to MLS that's that's first team quality? I think the challenges are the same as any other position. I mean, you need to look for, you know, what your playing style is, what kind of defender that you want. So obviously, you you guys have seen many of our games this season, if not all of them, where we're a team that likes to build out of the back, we're a team that likes possession. So you know, when you're looking for a center back, those are some of the qualities that you would you would want uh, in your center back. Of course, pace and, and physicality are also important in MLS, so we would be looking at all those as well. Uh, but as you said, uh, typically you don't spend the DP money at the center-back position, but time money isn't uh, out of the question to spend in that position. Um, at the moment, we've got Binks, we've got Camacho, we've got Waterman, we've got Yao. So, um, like you mentioned, some of those other guys were either out of contract or option declined, so we're definitely going to need to strengthen the position along the back line. You guys, you've met, you've come on this show a few times, and you've mentioned to us how you, you want to get younger, and and I think you guys have obviously done a you've done a very good job at that. But like, if Rod Fanny wants to keep going and wants to come back, will, will you have him back? Like, do, you, do or do you want to go young? I mean, age is definitely important uh, for us, you know. But at the same time, I think we've said, like you said, I've been on the show several times, but. Like we've said in the past, we also need some experience. We also need guys that can bring some leadership to the team so that you know you don't have a, a bunch of young guys that don't have really direction from within. So if you know we have we have open communication with Rod, but I don't think that that would be uh, too much of a of an option right now. But a player of similar uh, similar caliber or a little bit you know older, but can bring that leadership and anything that we need on the field that could be something that we speak about. Mm-hmm. How comfortable are you with the goalie duo that you have with uh, Pantamis and, uh, and Diop? I think we're very comfortable. I think the move that we made during the middle of the season to trade Bush um, was indication of our confidence in Clement Diop and James Pantamis, as well as our third keeper in uh, Jonathan Sirois. So I think we're pretty comfortable with the, with the keepers. You've seen it through the year. Um, Clement had a good season. Um, James played a few good games when Clement wasn't available. So I think we're pretty comfortable with the goalkeeper situation moving forward. So no, that's not on the to-do list. I wouldn't think that that would be a priority. It, it, there are options at those positions, depending on you know what we do with certain with certain players. But right now, um, 
you know, we're pretty comfortable with those keepers. Um, and if anything happens, we do have a couple of options that uh, that are open for that. Okay, I have just a couple more for you. Okay, I don't want to keep you too too long. I don't want to. I don't want to abuse and and keep you on the phone too long. Uh, but what what happened to Balu Tabla this year? Because that was one guy. I mean, you guys were excited to bring him back into the fold. You made the big trade with Chicago to move up in the allocation order to get him. He had some moments where it was very promising early on. Even at MLS's back, he looked dangerous. Then there was an injury. Uh, we heard, you know, Terry Henry from the sidelines. Uh, I'm sure you've heard it by now too. The why did I bring you on? If you're going to do that, what happened to Tabla here? What's his future with the Impact? Well, I'll start with your last point. I mean, the future with the Impact is under contract for next season. Um, we're still expecting from him. We're still expecting him to perform uh, next season. Yes, of course, this year didn't go necessarily how it should have. Um, you know, he the, the injuries probably played the biggest part. You know, he was. Uh, on the verge of coming back and, and, you know, he was very, very close to returning and then got re-injured and then uh, when he did return and he played those two games and as you mentioned, you heard the coach from the sidelines and whatnot and um, after that he was, you know, he, he did pick up another injury. Um, I'm not exactly sure what happened in that game that we were referring to but he did pick up another injury and it's been a little bit of a difficult road back. Um, we are, you know, we have been dealing with, with the, you know, like you know, the issues with making sure that his, you know, his head is straight and and being focused on the field and all of that. And I think he's done a so-so job this year, and we look to continue keeping him in the right direction to uh, to hopefully count on him for 2021 and moving forward. Okay, uh, just between you and I now, uh, what's the situation with Wanyama? Like, what what happened there? Can you explain to me why he didn't make the flight like a lot of the other players, uh, other from across the league uh, that were able to join their teams for the playoffs? Like, why is this so hush hush? Yeah, look, I mean, Olivier said it yesterday in his press conference. We can't really elaborate on that part. Um, it was unfortunate. We tried our best, and we did everything that we could on our side and with the league to try and get him here on time. Um, but unfortunately, it didn't happen. Um, he is back here in Montreal, so we do uh, we do hope that you know he clears his quarantine and be able to join our team once we get back to uh, to training. And so, speaking of training, is there an update there? Like, are you? Guys, I know the exception uh, that you guys were granted before the playoff game has come and gone. Uh, but is there is there anything there? Like, when are you, when do you think you guys will be able to start training again ahead of this game in the middle of December? But we're pretty hopeful to get something in the next couple of days. Um, it's a little bit slower right now for for whatever reason. We did get the last one, which we were quite happy about. Uh, it gave our guys, you know, a good period of training here in Montreal rather than having to train in the States for the playoff games. Um, but, uh, but no, right now we're, you know, a little quarantine period that the guys have had. It's uh, about seven, eight days right now. So if we can get something early in the week, we would appreciate it and uh, get the guys back out there training in preparation for our game. If not, we'll have to do a full 14 days, which I think will lead us to December 4th. Um, and at that point, we'll, we'll get back out there and train again uh, in preparation for Champions League. Vasily, last one for me, uh, just in terms of the finances, everyone in football is struggling right now because of the the no fans, uh, especially in a cap situation like the impact are in um, financially. Is the club stable? Is there an internal budget uh, before the cap that you guys are looking to, to hit? Or is the club comfortable with spending to the cap? Look, I mean, I mean, every football club is, or soccer club has been affected financially. Um, I don't want to get into any of the 
financials within our club, but you know everybody's been affected, and I don't think uh, teams in MLS are any different than that. Um, for us, in terms of our budget, I mean, we still want to put the uh, try and put a, our best product on the field. Uh, we do have an internal budget, as we do a salary count, and by that I mean internal budget, which is the ownership spending for DPs, town players, and all of that, with the in combination with the salary cap, just as we had in other years. So we'll do our best to work with the numbers that um, that we have available, with the best uh, team on the field to be competitive uh, as, as often as we can. Last question for you. Uh, this one's actually coming in uh, from uh, from a listener, Amin is asking if a player under contract for 2021 is selected by Austin FC in the expansion draft on December 15th, is it mandatory for him to play in the Champions League with the impact? I would imagine no. You know, that's a quite an interesting question. It's an interesting situation. So if you look at the expansion draft, there's obviously there's four teams in Champions League and three of those teams are exempted from the expansion draft, leaving us, the Montreal Impact, as the only team that can lose a player um, amongst those four teams in Champions League. Mm-hmm. So right now, I mean, the league has mentioned that they'll work with it on a case-by-case basis. Um, you know, if the player would... He technically doesn't move to that team until the new year, um, like if we're looking at it on paper. Um, but at the same time, I mean, you know, if you're selected by another club, uh, you, you know, maybe you speak with the player, what is your motivation to play and all of that. Um, we don't really have an answer for that. To be honest, I think we've spoken with the league several times, especially since we're in a unique position. Uh, what would happen if this if this is the case? So, um, yeah, hopefully in the next few days we would uh, have a clearer answer, even for us, to understand what would happen if somebody gets taken there or if somebody gets taken in the reentry draft. Um, you know, let's say an out of contract player or an option decline player that does join us for Champions League. If he gets taken in any of those uh, off season drafts, reentry waivers, and all of those. Um, we would probably discuss with the player and see what he would want to do. But as of, as of right now, there's no, nothing in black and white that, that we would have to be able to answer that question. Last chance to announce a new signing on live radio. <laughs> Joe, I hope the next time I get to speak to you, I can get some kind of green light to say, hey, we're going to announce it with Joey Altieri on Saturday Sports. One of these times, one of these times, I feel like Joey's going to just ask you the question. And, and you're, you're going to answer You're and, just going to voluntarily just gonna, give it to and us. And we're going to have to end the interview there because I'm going to have passed out in the studio. <laughs> I wouldn't want that, Joey. In that, in that case, I don't think it's a good idea to share the information. Okay, good. Well, no, I mean, thanks for, uh, thanks for being a good sport. And uh, thank you for answering uh, all of the questions as honestly as, honestly as you could. Uh, we always appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, hopefully we can talk again real soon. And all the best in the Champions League. Thank you very much, guys. Have a good afternoon. That's Vasily Kremenzidis, the Assistant Sporting Director of the Montreal Impact, joining us on Saturday Sports on TSN 690. Uh, a lot to digest there, uh, John. And they clearly have deals in place with uh, certain newcomers. I mean, we didn't really get a, a concrete answer on the amount of DPs. And I realize that a designated player is... Uh, you know, it's just a tag, and, and it's just it's you know it's the big fancy word. It's the it's the fancy word that the the soccer fans cling to, uh, right? It's like oh, why don't the impact have three designated players? Mm-hmm. I I don't think you need three designated players to win in MLS. It's also about the supporting cast. But I also think that when you're playing against a team like New England, uh, who had three and two of them scored in that playoff game, uh, and you don't have any on your roster because Victor Wanyama's not there and not available. Yeah, I don't think you can go all the way without a DP either, or with a designated player like the Impact currently have, who's not, who doesn't influence the attack in the final third with regularity. Let's say 
I think you need to find that difference maker. And whether it's a young DP, uh, so a young DP I think is someone who's under the age of 23 uh, who comes in at a certain salary threshold, but you need that guy who can put the ball in the back of the net, the guy who can flip a game upside down. You just you need to have those guys or else, yeah, you can get into the playoffs. Maybe you even win a play-in round. But I don't know how much damage you can do without those guys. Oh, for sure. I mean, you're be- it's the most overused cliche in all of sports, but your best players have to be your best players. Uh, DPs are generally <laughs> brought in to be your best players because they're getting paid the most amount of money. I think it's just the fact that there's just a bunch of ongoing negotiations and you don't want to commit too much one way or the other, especially with the fact that uh, they're trying to uh, get some kind of contract done with Boyan that would not include any kind of DP status. Yeah, I think that it makes sense that right now everything is open and they don't really want to say anything. And then again, I'm telling you, next week he's gonna come out uh, and 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 tell us just off off the cuff. He'll just come out Vasily and say yes. He's gonna call the private all line of and- these folks. Bang, 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 bang. Wow. And then we'll be good. He'll tell us before. And oh, but he, he will won't give us actually a heads up? say it when he's actually on. Okay. He'll be like, oh, I want to keep everything very hush-hush. But yeah. he'll tell us. He'll let us know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I, I don't know. I'm not holding my breath. But listen, it's a lot of good. But the thing is this, all right? I, I know everyone chases after the scoop and whatever. I'm just, I, I want to be fair to this audience. And I want to give you the information that's most relevant to the you know to the way this team is going to build and right now this is the most relevant information we have you pretty much got it from the horse's mouth like he's not Olivier Renard but he's Olivier Renard's right-hand man and they're totally in sync on everything I'm pretty interested when you were speaking to him about loans. I'm interested to see if they're going to go back to that. If yeah. they'll go back to the the well that they've seemingly opened. Uh, I wonder if the center England. back that you asked about because that's that was that was a really good point that you brought up with the center back, John. I wonder if the center back position will be filled with a loan from somebody from Bologna. That's that's what I'm most curious about. Or again, because of the profile and the reach that Thierry Henry is able to have yeah. throughout clubs, throughout Europe, throughout wherever, yeah. the name Thierry Henry gets you to have conversations with the right people. That, that in people the right that you places. might not normally be able exactly. to have conversations with. Yeah. I, I think that again, the impact are in a in a very good position. And like you said with Vasily, uh, and I agree hundred percent, the the focus on going with youth gives me a lot of confidence going forward with the impact where yes, you have to have veteran players to keep everything uh at an even keel, especially character wise. But in terms of being able to run a successful MLS organization, just like any other soccer team throughout the world, you need to invest in young players who have resale ability going forward. And seemingly the impact have, have tried to do that so far. The Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. fight goes tonight. What can we expect from this boxing exhibition? And what do you need to know about these two fighters heading into this fight? Our boxing expert, Matthew Casavon, will tell us. This is Saturday Sports on TSN 690. Joey Alfieri, John Still, we're with you till noon. Montreal Canadiens Hockey, Montreal Impact Soccer, Major League Baseball, NFL Football, the Masters, Olympics, and so much more. Your home for Major League Sports is TSM 690. Welcome back to Saturday Sports on TSN 690. I'm Joey Alfieri with John Still. We're with you till noon, and uh, we've had a whole lot of fun on the show so far with the guests that we've brought on. So uh, let's have even more fun right now uh, with our boxing expert, Matthew Casavon. Matthew, what's going on? Hey, Joey, doing okay? Yourself? I'm doing fantastic now that I've spoken to you. And uh, I want to start you off with our Saturday sports poll question of the day. 
Uh, so it's how it, how interested are you in the Mike Tyson Roy Jones Jr. fight tonight? Or maybe I should have called it an exhibition or whatever. Uh, so your three options on Twitter at Joey Alfieri and uh, at TSN six ninety are a I'm paying to watch it, b I'm following it on social media, or c I don't care enough to spend fifty or fifty dollars uh, on the pay per view. What do you think is leading? Um, without me looking at it, it yeah. has to be probably the, the second option of following it on social media, I would think. Yeah, that's what John said, and that's actually the middle one. Uh, don't care enough to pay 55 bu- or 50 bucks is 63%. Uh, follow it on social media is at 30 and I'm paying to watch it is at 7%. How much okay, is- but here's, the, here's the problem with this poll, Joe. You tweeted out of your Twitter account, correct? Yes. So how many people do you think follow you are boxing fans to begin with? Every one of them. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. So this is what happens sometimes with polls, right? They're kind of biased based on who is following you, and you probably have more hockey and soccer fans and football fans following you. And if you had asked, how excited are you for the Great Cup, your followers would have had 90% probably uh, appreciation and excitement for that one, right? But hey, look, settle down. Hey, settle down. There's, there's no Vail great, there's no the great, CFL. Hey, I'm there's, loving this, There's man. no Please. Great Cup this year, and it's a sensitive <laughs> issue for me, all right? No, exactly. But listen, I hope we do get the Great Cup in all seriousness uh, at some point. But here for tonight... I, I think if you're looking at this and saying, should you be excited for Tyson Roy Jones the way you should be for one of the major fights, whether it was Lomachenko against Lopez a few weeks ago, whether it's going to be Errol Spence, Danny Garcia next week, Canelo Alvarez making his return December 19th, a Fury Wilder fight, you should not be as excited for Tyson Roy Jones as you should be for these other fights. But the reason why people want to see this event, let's put it event, exhibition, is that Tyson is a larger-than-life personality that a lot of people, a lot of millennials, did not get to see at his best at all. They've only seen clips of it on ESPN. By the time we were teenagers, if you're in your 30s, Tyson was well past his prime and wasn't fighting as well. And he seems to be in a better state of mind now. And he's been kind of this phenomenon that people would like to see another chance to see him and Roy Jones debated as pound-for-pound great fighters. You get to see it for eight rounds tonight, about two minutes per round. And I think whether or not you're going to pay for it, you know, that's up to you, but I think the people who are going to want to see this, it's going to be either because they remember Tyson from his heyday and they want to see it again, or it's because they haven't had a chance to see Mike Tyson live in the ring uh, when they were younger, and now they get a chance to see it tonight. Uh, so, look, it is an exhibition, like you said. There's not going to be an official winner and loser, but uh, you're going to have ex-fighters uh, who are going to score going to score this thing, right? But it's not going to go towards anybody's record. Uh, there's, there's a couple of the alteration to the rules that have... Uh, that John and I talked about in in the opening of the show that we kind of raised our eyebrows a little bit. Uh, so they don't want to wear the head guards, right? So instead of going at for twelve rounds at three minutes each, they're going eight rounds, two minutes each. Like, how how do you feel about that? And uh, listen, I don't think this is really Tyson and Jones who want this necessarily. It's the Andy Foster and the California State Athletic Commission that doesn't want to to have fifty year old fighters with the same rules as the professional guys would be you know, in their prime in right. their 20s and their 30s, which makes sense. It's eight rounds of two minutes. But I spoke to, to Russ Amber, who is going to be in Roy Jones' corner tonight, and the feeling and the vibe is that it's going to be tough to tell a guy like Mike Tyson, who's all excited, you see him on the workouts and the pads and the videos on social media, are you really going to tell Mike, okay, take it easy in the first round, don't go ahead. You know, these people know one speed. It's in them. They're, com- they're competitors. They're Hall of Famers. So I think at some point, it's going to be a bit more action, and it's going to be up to the referee to make a call if it gets a bit ugly that he's going to stop it. But in terms of the scorecards, no scorecards, like you mentioned. Even if they are counting it, it's unofficial. It doesn't yeah. really matter, these former fighters doing so. But the lack of headgear makes sense. You want to see their faces. They know how to defend themselves. Uh, the eight rounds of two minutes, I think, is 
enough that if it does go, let's say, the full eight rounds, it won't be so bad that the guys are completely out of shape and it looks like a circus if it was a 10-12 round fight of three minutes. Because I think Tyson has mentioned this himself, that the stamina issue is going to be the real thing. Because no matter how much you prepare, fighting three-minute rounds after five, six rounds is, is incredibly difficult, even for somebody who is in his 30s and in shape. So I think the two-minute rounds make sense that so we have better action instead of two guys completely winded. He's our version of Mr. Miyagi. He's Matt Kazavon joining us on Saturday Sports on TSN 690 with Joey Alfieri and John Stud. You can follow Matt on Twitter at MKaz. Uh, so can you explain the no knockouts to me? Like how, like how can you... How is that even a thing? Like, what if somebody gets knocked out? What if somebody connects well, with a the good fight, shot? Yeah, exactly. Well, the fight's going to be over. What they mean is that they're not trying to score this as an official fight where they're going to rule knockdown. Let's say Roy goes down on the ground. They're not going to start counting a count of eight and, oh, he has a three knockdown rule. It's going to be okay. It's over. An exhibition in amateur boxing, uh, we see this a lot. It's, it's basically a glorified sparring session where you want the fighters to be able to compete and have some entertainment, but you don't want one guy to take a massive edge over the other. So if at one point the referee or the, the State Athletic Commission sees that, oh, Roy's dominating a bit too much here or Mike is dominating and one guy may be on his way out, they'll intervene and, and stop it before it gets to that point. But if Tyson comes in and lands a hellacious shot in the right and Roy goes down, Roy goes down, the fight's over. There's not going to be timeout. We're starting again. Right. Essentially, that's what they mean. They're not trying to score. They're not going to score knockdowns. They don't want it to happen. They would like it to be more disciplined. But if one guy goes down, you know that is going to be over as soon as that happens. Uh, can you want to hear my prediction for this fight? Because I'm going to shell out the fifty bucks tonight, and so <laughs> what's right. naturally what's going to happen is uh, somebody's going to get cut early on, and the fight's going to be the fight's going to be over. The, the cut, I, I'm not so sure. I, I, listen, who knows? It could happen. But the thing with Roy and, and Mike being both fighters who are orthodox, the, the, the chances of a headbutt are less likely. Now, if Mike gets on the inside and he likes to go with that left uppercut to the body, he moves his head back up and clips Roy, it could happen. But neither fighter, especially Roy, is known to have many scar tissue issues as other fighters you know, in the past have. So we'll see. It's a prediction like any other. I just think it's a fun thing to, to see competitors and, and, and kind of the nostalgic moments of seeing the two greatest doing it. And because it's an exhibition and they're not trying to say this is a legitimate fight, you know, the next winner is going to challenge Anthony Joshua or Tyson Fury for the title. I'm glad they're not going in that direction. We know what it is. They have a bit of fun. There's a, there's a bit of a ridiculous undercard as well for the people who enjoy YouTube stars. But look, I think the main event for Tyson Jones, enjoy it with some friends and then move on afterwards. I don't think you need to make a big deal out of it one way or the other. Matt, is that how you're approaching it? Someone who watches boxing week in and week out, um, are you approaching it with the fact of, oh, I'm just here to kind of watch a, a good time? Or as someone, again, as you spoke about with the nostalgia, I mean, we're, we're around the same age, didn't exactly get a chance to see the uh, the, the heyday of both of these fighters. Um, how are you approaching it as someone who analyzes this week in and week out? Yeah, John, I'm looking at this as it's an event because they're – having 12-ounce gloves because they're saying it's an exhibition. I'm fine with seeing how Mike looks today because he's probably going to be in better shape now, believe it or not, at 54 years old than he was in 2005 in his last actual sanctioned fight against Kevin McBride where he was completely out of it outside the ring, no discipline whatsoever. He's kind of had this second win here in the last few years where his life has been back on track. So I think that's intriguing to see what is Mike going to look like in shape, is he going to be able to do or see and look like what he's been uh, on the pads and Instagram and social media? Can he do that in the ring tonight? And for Roy, I'm a bit biased. You know, Russ is in the corner. He's a great friend of mine and a mentor. To see Roy there, to see Roy war, you know, wear you know, the rival boxing gloves, a Canadian company, that's going to be a cool element as well. And by the way, for NBA fans, uh, be on the lookout for Roy's gloves tonight. There's going to be a little bit of a tribute 
uh, for the uh, Staples Center's connection. So a little tease there. But yeah, overall, I'm looking at this as kind of these are great fighters who we thought for in the base around the barbecue. Hey, if both guys were in their prime at the same weight, who would win? Now you get a chance to see it in a not ideal way, but it's still a bit of a fun thing on a Saturday night during most of us being in complete lockdown anyways. Can I still barbecue in late November? Is that <laughs> well, allowed? Listen, depends, probably not in Montreal, but I mean, if you, if you get into some nice places and, and nice areas, I'm sure that there's a way you can, you can get around that. It's not too cold today. Maybe you can throw out the barbecue. Yeah, maybe. I How think about? this might be one of the few final barbecue days. It would be this a nice one? little way to cap off a Saturday night there. Yeah, I'm I'm going to watch it. By the way, uh, your boy's still here who you're glowing about on and on. He said he's not going to watch the fight tonight, and I am. Again, I'm not an advocate. I'm not getting any pay-per-view for fantasy <laughs> yeah, right. from whoever buys this fight. Yeah, what sure. I want people to do, though, is if you're excited to maybe watch Tyson Roy Jones, watch the pay-per-view next week of Errol Spence, Danny Garcia, because that is a heck of a fight at 147 pounds with two boxing stars who have yet maybe to cross over. They're getting a lot of attention on the Fox broadcast during football games, I've noticed, but... It, hopefully they get to the bigger stage where they get crossover appeal. But those are the fights, the Canelo fights, the Anthony Joshua's. That's what you should be tuning in for. This one tonight, take it with a grain of salt. You're the man, Matty. Thanks for doing this. All right, anytime, Joey. That's Matthew Kassifa, Our uh, I'm, I'm going to call him our Mr. Miyagi from now on. He's our, just our fighting expert. Angry guy. He's always fighting, always watching fighting. Huh? You notice that? He couldn't be a nicer human Yeah, I know. This, this, <laughs> we haven't had a nicer person on couldn't these be, airwaves. Couldn't be a nicer guy, but he just so happens, yeah, to be uh, to be following the sap. So, so maybe there's a maybe there's a, a side of Mathieu Cassavant that we have not yeah. seen yet. Maybe, maybe I'm not. Uh, uh, maybe it's going to take like some kind of uh, Gallo Rockman uh, throwdown for us to see uh, the 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 animal come. He out posted. Of Matt he Kassava. actually posted. Was that on Instagram or Facebook? He was hitting the the. I saw that the bag pretty hard. I though. believe yeah. it was on Twitter. I believe. Yeah, sure. Uh, but I'm not. You know what? We're talking about barbecuing, John. I'm not going to barbecue tonight. It's uh, it's exhibition fight night, and you know me. I plan my meals for these big sporting events, and uh, I've planned uh, my meal already. It's not pizza, is it? Nope. Okay. No, I uh, I've uh, I'm hitting up my buddy at Pasta Malfi. Their stuff is legit. Like, you, you know, I'm all about the pizza yeah, and the know, Italian food and whatever. But uh, last night, I had the pasta malfi. It's the sausage rapini oh. lasagna. It was oh, lasagna. it was insane. It was crazy. See, that's the thing is that when I whenever I do have Italian, yeah. um, not a thing going for the lasagna. This one was this one was legit. It's all yeah, it's all homemade, handmade, and all that stuff. And earlier this week, because like you, you know that I don't have pasta very often, like only three four times a week. Uh, <laughs> I bought the I got <laughs> I got the homemade cavatelli that he makes with the lamb ragu. See now that that's what I mean. That's up my alley. That is it that's was where I, that's where I live. Yeah, so I, I think I'm not sure what I'm gonna have tonight. I also have the the homemade ravioli. Uh, that he uh, that he delivered to me. So I'm I think f- exhibition fight night. I think calls ravioli. for some ravioli. Absolutely. Yeah, all the pasta is freshly handmade in house from lasagna to ravioli, gnocchi, eggplant parm, tomato sauce, pesto. Uh, it also has he actually makes olives, roasted peppers, uh, and for the sweet tooth, John. I know you have a sweet tooth. They have cannolis and granita. Pick up delivery in Montreal. Uh, you can follow them on Instagram and on Facebook. That's Pasta Malfi. Uh, so it's it's going to be a pasta night for me. I'm not going to grill tonight. That the, everything you just said sounds absolutely delicious, and now I'm rethinking everything that I was going to do for dinner this evening because now 
You have, have to, to head up past the mouth, for Italian. Man. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it, might, it might have to be a double order here this evening. That's all right. There's nothing wrong. Uh, nothing wrong with the double helping of uh, pasta and carbs, especially delicious carbs. There's nothing wrong with delicious carbs. Don't let. I think uh, I have more of a carb tooth than a sweet tooth. I'm not gonna lie. Love the sweets. See the problem with me is, but man, if I get like if I get <laughs> into like some carbs, it's it's out of control. Like it's, I'll eat myself to death. Like it's bad. It's it's not healthy. It's, it's not, not good. It's not, but uh, but it's delicious. Delicious. <laughs> it is delicious, and that's uh, this is the problem I have is that uh, yes, there was a point in time where I was cutting carbs, uh, but uh, that time is uh, is a few hey, years ago now. You know what? I think we got to give both of stop. ourselves credit for for what? What am I giving myself? I'm credit giving for? you credit. Yeah. For during the summer, yeah. losing a whole bunch of weight and doing your doing your runs and everything that you were doing, we losing in. a whole bunch of weight. You look good, my friend. You lost some weight. I was running, but the eating habits. Uh, the I went eating to habits see, improved, hey, but not much. I went to go see my doctor two weeks ago. Yeah. Said I lost twenty pounds Good. this year. Look for look, twenty look pounds. That. That's fantastic. In the pandemic, listen. For you. I'm living high on the hog now. Now I'm going to go back and put those I don't twenty even pounds know what that on. Means. I'm going to put those twenty pounds on the rest of the summer. Yeah, and then no. uh, the rest of the winter, and then when the summer comes around, I'm not going to let you do try that. and lose twenty again. But you look fantastic, and uh, you also have a fantastic mustache. I do. I do. It's, you've got the handlebars going. Yeah, it's uh, it's only really started to look good over the last three to four days. Oh, you think it looks good? Okay. I think it looks good now because okay. it actually looks like I have hair on my face yes. instead of someone had glued some other kind of hair onto my face. It was very patchy. And where can people donate to your uh, Movember campaign? Yeah, you can go to uh, I'm Still John on Twitter. Uh, that's probably the most uh, easy way to get to it. You can also find it through the TSN 690 Facebook page oh, as cool. well through uh, through John or Jonathan Still, as is my uh, given name. But yeah, uh, you know what? I, I told everyone to donate as, uh, as much or as little as they wanted to because I know it's uh, challenging times, but uh, I believe I'm just a hair over, or just right around a hair over. Bucks. Look at that! I right like that. Right around five hundred. I still have time, bit. right? Like I've been meaning to donate. I just I keep forgetting. Uh, John, like when can I donate? Until you can donate whenever, up until uh, November thirtieth. November right, 30th that's is what the I mean. The, November thirtieth is the. Cutoff, I even got right? a. I even got a very strange time to send in a November donation. I got a November donation at like twelve thirty last night from our good friend Julian McKenzie. Oh, nice. Very weird time to be giving the right. money, but sure. Hey, I'm down for some late night uh, transfer of accounts. I'm Fantastic cool with nothing, that. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Because uh, I know there's uh, Gary from Westmount. There's a couple other people that have been asking about your uh, Movember campaign, and we haven't mentioned it on the show yet. So I wanted to make sure uh, that you got your very plug kind, in very good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I want to take a final look at the poll results on our question of the day. Which is, how interested are you in this Mike Tyson, uh, Roy Jones Jr. fight tonight? Uh, your options on TSN 690 and at Joey Alfieri where I'm paying to watch it. I'll follow it on social media. I don't care enough to spend the pay-per-view money. And uh, I don't care enough to spend the pay-per-view money 62% of the fight. But I do think that sports fans are going to check in with the result. Or, or they're going to check in, maybe not live on Twitter tonight. But I think that tomorrow, a lot of people are going to be like, hey, you know what? What happened in that fight? And then you'll watch the highlights. I think that's that's what most people are going to do. Yeah. Not Non-boxing fans, I'm saying. No, no. I, I think it's the same way where a lot of people who follow UFC or MMA, it's the same thing. Unless it's a big, big card like Khabib is fighting or GSP was fighting or a top championship contender is fighting. For the most part, they keep it pretty pretty casual. And I expect the same thing, I'm sure. 
I'm sure we'll have some kind of highlight of Mike Tyson delivering some kind of savage blow to Roy Jones Jr. at some point during Does the anybody fight. lose an ear or a finger tonight, John Still, Yes or no? Uh, no. No. No, no ears or fingers. Mike's, uh, Mike's uh, all relaxed, although I am interested he's in seeing- He's all relaxed. I'm all interested in- Well, dude, he's been selling, I know. He's been selling the THC and the CBD know, for the better part of a few years now. Yeah. But uh, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'm I'm pretty interested to see uh, if he's going to hold on to any of that $10 million that he says is going to charity. I mean, I don't know what his debt situation is, but I know there was a time. Right. He's got I know a there was a time when Mike was not doing great yes. in that situation. Yeah. So I'll be interested to see uh, how the post fight deliverance of money happens. Would you like to uh, deliver a prediction here? Because you know mine. Uh, mine is just somebody's going to bleed and the fight's going to be over, and it's going to be gonna early gonna go on. I'm going to go with. Uh, I think it'll go the distance. I think it'll go the distance, and uh, I'll give it to Roy, just because everyone thinks it's going to be Mike, including me. So I'm going with Roy. All right. Uh, Just checking in uh, quickly on the text message board. Uh, Absolutely watching Tyson Jones. Uh, It could be a great fight. I don't know if it could be a great fight. Uh, but uh, all right, whatever. If if you think it'll be a great fight, maybe it will be. Uh, we've got Chris chimed in, said, "Meh, I love them in their prime, but this is just a cash grab." Great show, guys. That was from Chris. Uh, and uh, somebody just moments ago texting in, "Better than watching dumb UFC." I don't know if I would call UFC well, dumb, I, well, well, but well, I am a boxing guy over UFC I know, guy. But, but I don't think UFC's the dumb. tearing down of each of these combat sports for the other. It's uh, it's it's very it's very old now. They're both good. Come on. Let's go. Thanks, Johnny. This was Cheers, a, this a morning just flies by. Uh, I know. Uh, What's going on here? That's it's John still strange. pushing all the right buttons. Uh, thank you to Pierre Desjardins of the uh, 1970s Montreal Alouettes who joined us in the first hour. Jamel Richardson uh, also joined us in the first hour. Vasily Kremenzidis of the Montreal Impact was very, very kind. Uh, gave us a lot of his time this morning to answer our, uh, our impact questions. Uh, if you missed any of the interviews, uh, including the one we just had with Matthew Casavon, you'll be able to find it on the TSN 690 podcast page. And also, if you missed the show you want to listen to the entire show again hour one and hour two uh, you can find it on apple podcast google play and soundcloud uh, just search for saturday sports on tsn 690 with joey alfieri uh, it's been a fun morning everybody enjoy the rest of your saturday enjoy the rest of your weekend we'll be back next week we're making a slight adjust adjustment to the schedule just an fyi that as of next week uh, we will start the show at 11 o'clock we'll go 11 to 1 instead of 10 to noon have a great weekend everyone